Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. All right, let's, let's continue here tonight in talking about prophecy. If you want to go over in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going to continue along these lines, I just want to share a couple of thoughts while you're turning over there. I found this in uh, Foundations of Pentecostal Theology, and I really liked it. I thought it fit well. But it says this, the believers were filled with the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2, verse 2 through 4. They were so thoroughly enabled by the Spirit's power that everywhere they went, their ministry is marked by the supernatural. The apostles were not mere guardians of orthodoxy. They were ambassadors of Christ equipped with divine capabilities. They had a divine work to do, and they had divine power with which to do it. Thus, it must always be. In other words, it sh- that shouldn't change. You know what I mean? Oh, I didn't really look. You guys multiplied during worship. <laughs> it's good to see everybody. All right, so the church's mis- mission is much more than propagating a new philosophy or calling to a new morality. It is delivering men from the bondage of Satan, and that means men or women. It is binding and loosing in the name of Jesus. uh, Philosophizing and moralizing can be done with mere human capabilities. And such is not unimportant. But delivering from bondage and bringing to repentance and faith require an anointing of the Holy Spirit. They require an anointing. How many realize this, that Jesus didn't go around and go, you know, I know a lot, and here's a bunch of knowledge, now be free. Knowledge has its role, but if it's not empowered, in other words, uh, Brother Hagin used to say it like this, I can't heal a gnat's wing. And sometimes people, what does that mean? That means just in and of myself, I'm nothing without him. Uh, Jesus even declared, he said, I can do nothing without the Father. Now that's a statement for the Son of God, isn't it? A lot of times people don't think about it, but do you know Jesus actually grew in wisdom? Now that makes him human. Because if he was, now I'm not saying he wasn't 100% God, because he was 100% God, but he was 100% man. But if he grew in wisdom... That means if you're God, does God grow in wisdom? See, he came as a man. That's why I don't uh, believe the, uh, the movies you'll see where it's little Jesus running around healing birds' broken wings. <laughs> you know, like Jesus was running around doing miracles when he was a little kid. He was not. The scripture says the first miracle he did was at the wedding. That was the first one. So don't believe those movies because they're wrong. I mean, if you want to watch it, you can, but just realize it's wrong. You understand what I'm saying? So unless there's a supernatural anointing, unless there's power from the Holy Spirit, men and women cannot be free. Certainly God accepts and honors all human talent dedicated to his service. But he enhances that dedicated talent with the Spirit's glow, lifting it to a new level. God can and often does take natural capacities and transform them into spiritual operations. So he'll transform it into spiritual operations. Now, you may be very natural. Have you ever met somebody who just feel like they can do everything? 
just naturally, they're just gifted at everything. Whatever they do, it, you know, it's kind of like the Midas touch. It turns to gold, so to speak. Imagine if that person would recognize their creator and submit to the anointing. The level of influence goes to a whole other level. I'm not going to get into this, but this is a thought for you that the Lord has dealt with me about a few times. Like, have you ever, uh, ever looked at, like, say, a gentleman like Jeff Bezos or, or maybe, uh, who's the Tesla guy? Elon Musk, yeah. And they're just super smart, right? Genius level smart. God gifted them that way when they were born. If they'd submit to the Holy Ghost... Not only would they be smarter, but they would actually do things not just for themselves. Do you know they'll be held accountable? So if world leaders take their smarts and use it to enslave people, they're going to be held accountable to God. So don't ever feel like you're losing in this battle because you're not. God's still on the throne. He hasn't fallen off. Amen? So last week, we began to look into the nine individual gifts of the Spirit listed in 1 Corinthians 12. We started with prophecy, and that's where we're going to go again today because we just um, didn't get far enough through what I wanted to. The nine, gifts, the nine gifts have been divided into three categories. So if you're taking notes, you, you might want to write this down. But there are nine gifts of the Spirit mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12. They're divided in, we divide them into three categories, the, what are called the utterance gifts or the vocal gifts. And I'll give you three under that, but I'm going to give you all the uh, categories first. Then there's the power gifts, and then there's the revelation gifts. Now, they're not listed in this order in the chapter, okay, but you'll see them all in there. Uh, as far as when you read uh, through the chapter. So the utterance, utterance gifts are prophecy, diverse kinds of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Those are utterance gifts. They're gifts that what? Say something. Okay? The power gifts are what I call special faith, or what's called special faith. It's called the gift of faith in here, but I call it special faith. That'll be a fun one when we look at that one. Working of miracles and gifts of healings. Not gift of healing, gifts, plural, of healings, plural. Okay? It's important that you understand that because sometimes people say, yeah, gift of healing. No, it's gifts of healings, multiple, multiple, okay? That's the power gifts. Then the revelation gifts or the gifts that reveal something, the word of wisdom, which often ties into prophecy, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge. Now hear me, not the gift of knowledge, the word of knowledge. You'll hear, pe you'll hear people teach this, uh, ministers, they'll talk about it's the gift of knowledge. Well, that person just knows a lot. Nope, not what that means at all. It's the word, word, singular, of knowledge. Word of knowledge. And then lastly in that uh, group, discerning of spirits. That is not the same as, uh, discerning of spirits is not, I walk up to uh, my wife and go, well, I just get a weird feeling about her. That's not discerning of spirits. You're a spirit, 
And so you can pick up on people around you. How many of you ever walked into a room, you don't even know what's going on, but you can tell a fight happened or somebody's in a bad mood? You know, you can just kind of tell. That's not the discerning of spirits, just so you know. The discerning of spirits is where you see into the spirit realm and you see angels or demons or, do you see what I'm saying? There is an opening up of the spirit realm to your, either your naturalized or your spiritualized, usually your naturalized. So that's where you can, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, some of these things, we'll get into it, but you can get over into visions, revelations, trances. You know the Bible talks about trances? People say, ooh, that's spooky. You know, the world's got trances. The world didn't think of trances. It was God first. Um, and the scriptures talks about different ones falling into a trance. Okay, so we'll end up getting into that as well. But those are the three different areas, and then the three different gifts in each one. So last week we began to look at prophecy, and we're going to continue there tonight. And you already have this in your notes, uh, or you can go back and you know listen to last week if you want to catch up. But I'm just going to review a little bit. Prophecy. This is the supernatural utterance. This is a supernatural utterance in a known tongue. So it could be in Spanish if you're in a place they speak Spanish, but here it would be English typically. But a known tongue. It is a miracle of divine utterance, not conceived by human thought or reasoning, and it includes speaking to people to edification, exhortation, and comfort. So this is an utterance that flows from your spirit to your mouth, not from your head to your mouth. How many recognize the difference? Okay. What will help you recognize the difference if you don't is pray in the Holy Spirit. Pray in other tongues. Because praying in other tongues is an activity that does not include your brain at all. How many have noticed that? How many have noticed that when you pray in other tongues, the, your mind goes, stop it. Let's think about this. Let's think about this. Let's go over here. I wonder what's happening over here. Oh, remember where you, you, you will remember where you lost your keys. Because your brain's like, I don't want to do this because this doesn't involve me. You know what I mean? So that's what praying in the spirit helps you become aware of your inner man. You, the true you. Okay? Pray in other tongues. And people say, well, how much? A lot. Well, should I set a timer? If you need to. Let me give you, can I, uh, I was talking to Pastor Jeremy Vester, Pastor Breakforth Bible Church in Glendive, and uh, his wife, Terry, we're good friends, and, and Terry has been talking to their prayer group about training in the spirit. Training. You know, you just don't go out and uh, um, run a marathon. I mean, if you haven't ran at all for a long time, you don't just go jump out and start, I'm going to run a marathon, I'm going to do it. And you've, your diet's been Twinkies and, you know, donuts for, and chocolate milk for, you know. No, no, you, don't, you, have to, you have to build up to that, right? You have to build up your endurance. Well, you can do the same thing in the spirit, pray in other tongues, set a timer for 10 minutes and pray in other tongues and focus. Then go about your day, then set another timer an hour later and pray in other tongues. And you can get so good at praying in other tongues, it just becomes second nature. I actually will find myself praying in tongues, and I wasn't intentionally doing it. But you have to work that, you have to work that part of you, your spirit. 
Okay, And that will help you get into, you say, why do that? Because it will help you get over into prophecy. It'll help you get into all these gifts, but it'll help you get over into prophecy because you'll recognize when the Holy Spirit brings utterance up within you. And it's not, you didn't think of it. You don't know it. You don't know anything about a situation, a person, or whatever's going on. It just comes up within you. It can be an exhortation. We'll get into this, a comfort. Uh, a couple of Sundays ago, I don't know if it was last night, but a couple of Sundays ago, I had Mike get up. Uh, we were getting, I just knew there was utterance in the room. The Spirit of God was moving. And I said, just exhort the people. And he started talking about the train filling the temple and what that meant and what the train meant. What is that? That's a divine utterance that came from what? The reality of the resurrection or the finished work of who? Christ. And it brought forth what? It, I know what it does for me. It brings forth what? An edification, an exhortation, a comfort, a building up in faith. It encourages you in a known tongue, in, an under, in, a, in a language that you understand, and it builds you or, or buoys you up in faith on the inside. And you can watch it happen. I watch it happen like when uh, I think I had Herb come up and he shared. And there were others. Oh, Shelly, a couple of weeks. Was it two weeks ago you gave that word you had? And I could feel it. You gave the word. And then I, I always do this. I listen. Because it's like a wave goes whoop, right over the crowd. You say, how do you know it happens? I hear people. Oh, and it'll be in concert. You know what that tells me, right? If you could see in the spirit, you'd see the Holy Ghost just go right through the crowd like a wave or like a mighty rushing wind, right? It's, it's, there's a no, you know when the anointing hits you. People even know, I've had people refuse to come up when the Spirit of God is moving when I wanted to minister to them. And I've looked back at the crowd at different times. I've seen people back there going like this. Why are you doing this? It's just a worship service. What's wrong? <laughs> What's wrong? Is it on you? Did it get on you? Did it get all over you? Are you going to get him off? <laughs> <laughs> I've seen wilder stuff than that. I've had wilder stuff than that happen to me. I understand the getting away thing. How many of you ever, you've heard of Jesse Duplantis? You guys know who he is. He was in a service one time, preaching away, and he went, and he was preaching, and he went, glory to God, and he turned around like this, and there's a choir loft. We actually used to have steps up there, but we got rid of them. But anyway, he turned around, and there's a choir loft, and it was full of angels, and so he jumped and went, glory to God. And he went, oh, because he saw them all. And a lady jumped up in the back of the church and said, I see him too. <laughs> the whole congregation fell out under the power of God just like that. Just like that. Boom, gone. And he looked back and there was a guy in the back crawling out of the sanctuary. And he said, I got to get out of here. <laughs> Come on, who says, yes, Lord, next. We'll take that. We'll take that. Go ahead and do that here. <laughs> We're good with it if you're good with it, Lord. So prophecy is it's that supernatural utterance in a known tongue. 
It has to do, I like the Hebrew word, but it has to do to let drop. It means to lift up, to tumble forth, to spring forth. Do you get that idea? Do you get that picture in your mind? It's coming up out of the Spirit of God within you, and you're speaking to a situation or speaking to a person uh, in the simple gift of prophecy. We saw this, that we're to desire these gifts, and we're to desire them with the motivation to edify the church. Knowledge about the future happenings is exciting. We talked about this uh, last week, and we began to just kind of differentiate it a little bit between the simple gift of prophecy and the office of a prophet because they're different. How many realize they're different? Okay, it's different because everybody in this room can prophesy if you're born again and spirit-filled. You can prophesy with the simple gift of prophecy. Now, it'll never happen for you if you're not even open to believe it. you got to start by being open to believe and be open to the word and allow that to come into you. And prophecy will look different through me than it will through you because God likes personalities. He likes diverse personalities. The biggest issue that stops all believers for the most part is fear. And I understand it. I get it. Fear of missing it. We all have. Fear of rejection. We have been rejected. We will be rejected. Fear of whatever. But eventually, as you fellowship with the Lord, you'll build past, your faith will build past that fear. And you'll be able to disperse that out of your life with the authority that you have in Jesus' name and step into what God has called you and I to do in the gifts of the Spirit. The other thing is people are afraid to be corrected. Am I the only one? That doesn't like that? Or I should say my flesh doesn't like it? And maybe my soul too? I'm kind of that way. I'm like, well, I really want to see what's out there. Well, you could cost you everything. Let's try. Let's see what happens. And, and jump out, you know what I mean? Because it's worth it even... And and this is the thing about correction. We need to understand it in light of the fact that correction is not a a rejection of us or a a, uh, demeaning of us. It's actually designed to edify. There is no place in the the epistles where uh, Paul dealt with churches that he did not correct and bring direction. But he said, look, this is for your edification, not for your destruction. But have you ever been corrected and it felt like destruction? But in the end, you realize, oh, this was edification. And we have to get that, we have to turn that over in our mind because correction is so humbling, isn't it? It just is. Nobody likes to be wrong. It's just part of the deal. And so, uh, that we, in this world anyway. But, but it's worth it because of where we end up going. And so we need to keep that in mind, that it, God's motivation in those things is always love. While knowledge about, the future, about future happenings is exciting and also can be strategic, if it does not celebrate the finished work of Christ as its point of reference, it becomes a distraction. The most profound future inform- information fails in comparison or pales in significance in the light of what already happened to mankind in Christ. The most profound future information pales in significance in the light of what already happened in Christ, to mankind in Christ. In the New Testament, the simple gift of prophecy, not the office of the prophet, has its reference in the finished work of the cross more than in the predicting of future events. I'm not against future prophecy that's 
future events. But I'm talking about this simple gift of prophecy. And there can be future in the simple gift. It can be there. But it won't be detailed like the office of a prophet. Okay? And we're going to delineate that more and more as we go. The purpose of prophecy, just like with every other gift of the Spirit, is to encourage and to edify the church with the success of the cross as its reference. Simple prophecy is for edification, exhortation, and comfort. Simple prophecy is for edification, exhortation, and comfort. Edification is the act of building up or promoting spiritual growth. Prophecy, promoting spiritual growth. Exhortation means to call near. How many have ever heard a word where the Lord said, why are you so distant? Get over here. I mean, get where I can grab you. <laughs> okay. Why do people hide? Because they're afraid. Why did, David, or why did uh, Adam hide? He was afraid. Yep. Exhortation is also a powerful oratory discourse. It is a stirring address. It is an appeal or an encouragement. Comfort, and this word has to do with any address that is made for the purpose of persuading or arousing and stimulating of calming and consoling. So there's comfort there's, that comes. There's information coming by supernatural utterance and it has a comforting effect it has a it has a calming or consoling effect it has a stimulating effect it has a persuading effect on you in other words what is being persuaded the spiritual reality of who you are in Christ your faith is being stimulated it comes from the source. In other words, you, you have your difficult situation, and you're like, God, I don't know where, uh, how I'm going to get out of this or what's going to happen here. I don't know, but you're... And then you get around somebody, and the, and the Spirit of God within them begins to deal with them about your situation, and they prophetically speak in a known tongue. And all of a sudden, all of the things that were worry, fear, anxiety, depression, all those things that were kind of looming around you, hanging on to you, the weightiness, hanging you down. How many of you have ever felt such a... a uh, like an oppression, it just like it sits, tries to sit on you. It's like it's pulling you down. It's almost like it gets into your thoughts and hangs there like muck. Am I doing a good job describing it for you? <laughs> you act like Sean, you felt that before. Boy, howdy. And there are times where I, I just, you know, you, you're going through whatever, and I, like, I'll call Pastor Jeremy or I'll call Pastor Larry uh, out in Dickinson and talk to him. And literally, Heidi, can I, Heidi and I can attest that we talked to him about a few things, and he shared something with us, and instantaneously, it lifts. Instantaneously. Well, it wasn't natural. It was spiritual. And a prophetic word that's come from the Spirit of God birthed out of the revelation of the resurrection is a sword that takes to the enemy. But it's a sword in your brother or sister's hand. And they come to you and, you know, they ninja the thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? I always think of a ninja sword because I think that's way sharper than all the other ones. But anyway, I don't know. If you study the history, it's some sort of Roman sword, <coughs> which is great. 
doesn't matter. The point is, it's spiritual, and it cuts away the enemy. You know, you can actually have a prophetic word about healing, and in the spirit, it'll get in and cut a cancer out. <laughs> Pretty cool, isn't it? I mean, Jesus was so good at this, he'd walk up to somebody who was maimed. Do you know what maimed means? That means they're missing a limb, something, finger, hand, I don't know. And it says they were healed. I haven't seen that. But can you imagine no hand, all of a sudden hand? I think we're going there. (laughs) You know? God gets inside all the malfunctioning parts of a body that has disease in it and just begins to straighten it out. That's prophetic. Because we're speaking supernatural utterance from, not from here. Because the mind goes, yeah, scientifically, I think we can da-da-da-da-da. Scientifically, they fail in a lot of areas. Now, thank God for where they don't. But it's all too soon. They just look at you and go, I don't know. Promise big at the beginning. (laughs) You know? And I'm not against the medical field. You guys know that. God's, God's using all fields as best he can. So this gift of prophecy is supernatural utterance. Go to Acts chapter 21, verse number 8, and we'll see this uh, simple gift of, gift of prophecy mentioned, but not demonstrated, but it is mentioned. Acts 21, verse 8 says this, On the next day, we who were Paul's companions departed and came to Caesarea and entered the house of Philip the Evangelist, who was one of the seven. And stayed with him. Now this man had four virgin daughters. He had four daughters who what? Prophesied. Who prophesied. What did the daughters do? They prophesied. Now these were unmarried daughters, okay? And they prophesied. What is this? This is the simple gift of prophecy. Now verse 10 will give you the office of the prophet. This is a separate deal. And as we stayed many days, a certain what? Prophet named Agabus. Are there prophets in the New Testament? There it is right there. Okay? Now, prophets in the New Testament don't function the same as prophets in the Old Testament. It's different. Do you know under the Old Covenant, the anointing was only on three? Prophet, priest, king. Right? Jesus is the prophet, the priest, and the king. And he now lives inside of you. Under the new covenant, we all have the Holy Ghost, but there are still offices of a prophet. Or, listen to me, a prophetess. You know, people say, oh no, girls can't preach. (laughs) I would... (laughs) You know, I probably need to teach on it because I know denominationally different groups teach these things. But there's no, there's no uh, grounded evidence for that statement. It, it can be so torn apart. Now, you have to look at those verses circumstantially and what was going on in different areas in order to get the proper interpretation. Women can preach. Ab- yeah, Heidi, yeah. Joy goes, you know. But, I mean, there are other... It, women have the... Women have gifts like this just as much as men. Prophetess. There are, there are, 
there are so many uh, giftings that are in the body of Christ as a whole. And we get hung up on things we shouldn't. It's just nonsense stuff. So there was a prophet named Agabus who came down from Judea. He probably was sent on mission by God. What do you think? The Lord said, Paul's over here. Go see him. And then he went on to say, when he had come to us, he took Paul's belt. In some translations, it says girdle, but it's better to say belt. (laughs) Bound his own hands and feet and said, thus says the Holy Spirit, so shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him to the hands of the Gentiles. Now, I don't want to get into this teaching on this particular point right here, but what do we see about the gift of prophecy working through the prophet? There was also a demonstration or an illustration of what was going to take place. The belt was taken. He bound his own hands and feet. He gave a demonstration prophetically. Does that make sense? So that's part of prophecy. Prophecy can hold this uh, way of, of illustrating with it. It can be words, but it can be actions. How many know actions speak? Right? Okay. Okay. So, note that all of Philip's daughters had this simple gift of prophecy. These young women must have prophesied in the services held in their house. Otherwise, Paul and his company would not have known that they prophesied. They spoke to the whole company to edification, exhortation, and comfort. Evidently, they never prophesied to Paul. I don't know why. That's why it says the Lord wills, you know. When the prophet Agabus came, however, he had something on a higher order which brought revelation. So it wasn't just edification, exhortation, and comfort. This is now future. This is now, Paul, this is what's going to happen to you in the future. And when that happens, that's a higher level of prophecy. But that does not make Agabus more important than the four virgin daughters. Every person has their portion. And as we yield to the Lord and to his spirit, that portion as the Lord directs, it comes together like it should and it flows together. And the proper edification comes together. Instead of pushing stop on my timer, I pushed repeat. So you got another 30 minutes. Anyway... I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. I just realized I didn't push stop, so I thought it was funny. (laughs) It's a different level. So for you and me, because I'm I'm not in the office of a prophet, okay? And it's possible that you are, and I don't know it. It's possible. But it's something on a higher order. It's something on a higher level. So for you and me in a church service, when the Spirit of God is moving, we should be paying attention as we're worshiping the Lord. How many of you know you're fellowshipping with him, but you're fellowshipping with him in your spirit, your spirit man? Okay? We should be what? Listening in here to see if there are words coming up that are in, not in Chinese, unless there's somebody Chinese here that can speak Chinese. You understand what I'm saying? Not in a, we should be listening for what? A known language rising up within. And as it rises up within, 
Then we need to go, okay, Lord, is this for me or for someone else? And then we need to go, okay, Lord, is this for the whole group or do I go to somebody individually? So like on Sunday morning, I'm not looking for somebody to come up here and start giving individual words to people. It just is not the place nor the time. That's not why, that's not the setting. Now, I'm not against that if that's the setting. What I am looking for, and what the Spirit of God, I believe, is looking for, is that word that's going to come forth that has a general appeal to the whole group. Now, if in your mind right now, as I speak by the Spirit of the Lord, you're discounting yourself from doing that, you've now cut off what the Holy Spirit can do through you to me or any other part of your body. So it would be like if you cut your finger and you said, no hand, you can't go minister there. You see that? Come on, do you see it? If in your mind you go, nope, I'm not going to be used by the Lord like that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. I'm not open to that. It's, it's, if, if I hit my hand with a hammer right now, and what's the, what's the automatic response for my other hand? Woo! And I go, nope, I'm not going to do that. Then what? Now I cannot, my body cannot what? Edify itself. It cannot comfort. So, when ministers say, we don't allow the Spirit of God to move in our church. What are they saying? Holy Ghost, you can't edify here. You can't do what you're supposed to do and what the gifts were given for in this place. Which means now what? If somebody needs edification, the Holy Spirit goes, i got to move somewhere else. I've got to get them. Now, God, there's a wonderful thing about God. He's like water. He'll find a crack somewhere and he'll flow. But he's got to work a different way. Watch this now. If I have bitterness in my heart towards somebody else in the body, because I don't like what they did or said or how they looked or how they do their hair or whatever it is, or maybe they didn't put deodorant on that day. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. It's always fleshy stuff and demonic stuff. My feelings are hurt. If I get into that in myself, if I allow that to be there, it's a blockage in the flow of the Holy Ghost through me to that person. Because see, now if the Lord says to me, pray for so-and-so, I'll go, Mm-mm, no, no, I don't like that person. And so what happens? The Holy Spirit now realizes, boom, nope. Can't get to that body part that way. Gonna have to reroute. I've found the best way to deal with that, those type of things, is to go ahead and pray for that situation or person. Because when you do, you open yourself up to cleansing. You realize this too. That if I do that, I actually just now took uh, uh, hormone blockers. You say, what does that mean? I just now, I'm not talking about like, I, I just now stunted my growth in the spirit. 
I just, whoop, stop. Now, here's, here's one of this wonderful thing about the Lord. He'll wait there with you. How many have ever gotten good and upset before, and it took you a week or two to get over it? I've done this. Probably, I've probably done it longer than that, especially earlier on in ministry and in just growing up spiritually. Thank God he's so gracious with us. I mean, it just, yeah. But the Lord will go, when you're ready, I'll move with you. Oh, somebody else's timer. That one's not mine. Mine still has 23 minutes left, so. <laughs> I'm, I'm teasing. I'm stopping right now. <laughs> I'm wrapping it up here. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Brother Hagin used to say this to us, and it's true. And this is what happens. When we walk in love, it keeps light available. When we get out of love, darkness settles in. I'm talking about on a believer. The scripture is clear in 1 John. If you say you love God and hate your brother, you're in darkness. Have you ever seen somebody in darkness? And they're like, I'm not in the darkness. And you're just watching them fumble. It's like a all over the place, you know. I'm not in the dark. It's not dark in here. That faith confessions don't work like that. <laughs> there has to be obedience for that to work. Amen? So the simple gift of prophecy here is given. It's, not, it's a, a known tongue, a known language, and it's divine utterance. 1 Corinthians 14, 31 says this, for you all, for you can all prophesy one by one. What if we did that? What if we took everybody, okay, everybody's going to line up right here. I'm going to turn the mic on. And what, the scripture says you can all prophesy one by one. What if the Holy Spirit said to do that? Then that means everybody in here could get up one after another and prophesy. And people say, well, I don't, you know, I'm not a, you know, all this. No, edification, exhortation, comfort. Within you would begin to rise. I know how it works. I've watched it happen. That's not my purpose here tonight, but you understand what I'm saying. One after another, and it, it's like some, somebody, one person will get something, and it ticks off in everybody else something a little bit more. How many pop popcorn in the microwave? You hear the first two or three pops, and then what do you do? You look at the microwave. Before, you were just like doing whatever going. You hear the microwave going. But then pop, pop, and you go. Uh. <laughs> am I right or am I right? You know why? <laughs> See, I'm just like everybody else. I do the exact same thing. It's coming. Okay. <laughs> you all can prophesy one by one. Look at this next part. That all may what? 1 Corinthians 14, 31. For you, all, you can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may be encouraged. What does that sound like? Edification, exhortation, and what? Comfort. Now, I found this interesting. There is a, there, in prophecy, there can be a what? A learning. 
What is that? Teaching. That word is teaching. It's, it has to do with instruction or understanding. It means to be informed or to gain knowledge. So prophecy, simple prophecy, can what? Instruct in a matter. Instruct in what matter? In supernatural utterance concerning supernatural things that affect your very natural life. Amen? Simple gift of prophecy. Don't make it complicated. Don't make it, um, what's, the, what's the word? The next week we're going to talk about judging prophecies. Individual and corporate prophecies. People say, I'm a, I'm, I'm so, nobody can judge my prophecy. If your prophecy can't be judged, your heart's not right. Every prophecy should be judged according to Scripture. Right? Everyone. So simple prophecy. Don't make it complicated. As you're, Do this in prayer this week. Go, Lord, I'm praying and I'm seeking you. Is there something you want me to say to somebody that, that will encourage and edify and strengthen them? That will comfort them? And, Lord, I don't want to do it publicly, so don't give me that one. Give me the private one. <laughs> and, Lord, I really don't want to talk. So just tell me what it is, and I'll write it in a card, and I'll stick a gift card in there and then hand it to them. Or I'll wait to see where they sit. I'm helping somebody out, okay, because I know you want to do this, and you're just chicken in some of these areas, and I'm trying to help you. But I can take you there step by step. I'll watch where they sit on Sunday and wait till they go get coffee or go to the bathroom, and I'll set the card down, and I won't put my name on it, and I'll run away. I know, not everybody's like I am. I'll just kind of, seems good to me. And I've gotten myself in trouble a lot. But I've also learned, because I'm not afraid to repent. I don't like being wrong. But I want to know more than I care about being wrong. And missing it. I'm just that way. I've always been that way. You can ask my mom. She says it. And she's back there. Hi, Mom. She says, Sean, you've always been my straight arrow. What does that mean? I go. Just the way it, just the way it is. If you don't like it, blame my dad, because my mom is not the one I got it from. And he's in heaven, so good luck finding him. Prophecy is simple like that. It's simple. You've done it and you didn't even know it. But now that you have some knowledge on it, you can go, ah, I know what this is. And if you, if you're, again, I got to say, because not everybody's vocal. They don't want to be up in front of people and I get it. I, I understand. I mean, I, I don't think that way, but I understand where you're coming from. If you don't, then do it the sly way. Become a ninja prophet. <laughs> Just, you know, if you got to carry around some smoke grenades, you know, you know.
I all know you've watched ninja movies now. <laughs> okay? You know, however you got to do that, but begin to practice that. Begin to exercise that. Because God wants to get to his people. And there are so many people in, I'm talking about in his body, that are hurting. We need to pray for him. We need to have that heart where it goes, oh, Lord. And, and guys, you realize this? Hurt people hurt people. It's okay. Let's just keep loving. Yeah, but you'll heal. I'll heal. The healer lives in me. Right? And when maturity settles in in these things, we'll go, Father God, and he'll go, this is what I need. And we'll be like the apostles. We'll go to a city, deliver a lady from a demon, and get put in prison. See, that's not our idea of revival. Our idea of revival is like citywide, and we go on and on. It isn't, uh, well, we went and prayed for this crippled guy, but we got the snot beat out of us. But that's how it was then. I mean, not always, but that happened. Realize even in the midst of a move of God, stuff can happen that counters. Okay, let's keep going. Yeah, but what if, what if, you know, people, we get caught up, don't get caught up in the what ifs. Keep going. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.